Hi Richard. As usual, it's the night before the deadline for friends podcast suggestions and I'm left devoid of ideas with a newfound respect for you and the team who continue to come up with such great episodes time and again. I propose an episode that charts the behind the scenes stories of the cycling podcast from its inception to its current state. Thanks for reading and as always, thanks for providing such excellent content. Jack. Well, my name's Jack McKillop and that was my attempt at finding the right balance between gently sucking up to Richard and having what was hopefully a semblance of a good idea for a friend's special podcast. Let me start by asking, uh, whose idea was it? Lionel's. Well, that's completely fake news for a start. Lionel was desperate to do a podcast. He said, I, I, I need a stage. I need, I need a platform. No. Lionel and I had a bit of a dry run in 2012. Didn't know him all that well, actually. And it was one of those tours that started quite early. Uh, so July the 1st is, is Lionel's birthday. Normally the tour's up and running by then, but occasionally it, it coincides. And I remember we had dinner in Liège, where the tour started, and went back to our very, very nice uh, kind of chateau-style accommodation and you know we'd had one or two celebratory drinks and i i got my iphone out and said let's let's record a podcast and there we were uh, lionel and i half half cut um speaking about stage one of the tour de france hello ladies hello ladies and gentlemen boys and girls this is uh, the first ever cycle sport podcast a uh, semi-regular feature of the 2012 tour de france my name is Richard Moore, and I'm joined tonight by the birthday boy, Lionel Burney. Now, Lionel's had a couple of glasses of Prosecco already to celebrate his um, 30-somethingth birthday, um, so we're expecting him to be in fine form. I was pretty reluctant, it has to be said, but once I got going and, the, you know, a couple of glasses of champagne, there's no stopping me. I think, uh, well, the first episode's over half an hour long, so we must have found something to talk about. And then you basically said, now how do we get that online? Which I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I'd go Googling, at, you know, in over breakfast, you know, hosting podcasts and found SoundCloud. And that was it. That was where we uploaded. But I can see the, the listener figures. They're, uh, they peaked at an, an impressive 688 by the looks of it. Wow. But Wow, Lionel's, um, Lionel's amazing. suggesting that he took to it like a duck to water. I mean, I must say that my early recollections, the three of us doing podcasts, did not exactly tally with that. There were a few aborted podcasts and a few sort of, I hesitate to use the word flounces, but you were reluctant, Lionel. You were reluctant. And there were times where it was, we didn't really know how to hit the right note. And sometimes it was a bit too joshy. And we were like, I mean, also, as Rich said, we didn't really know each other that well. And, and now we can maybe Josh and sort of, and, and maybe make fun of each other a little, a little bit more than we were comfortable doing then. And sometimes I think maybe we misjudged it and there were a few delicate moments, I think in those first couple of years. I don't know about flouncing. I don't specifically <laughs> I remember flouncing necessarily, um, but the I do the, remember- the, the stop button was pressed a few times. <laughs> Hi, my name is Scott Emmons. My area of interest is the production of the podcast, the tools, the processes, the nuts and bolts of putting the podcast together. 
My thought was to interview one or more of the producers that Richard and Lionel recommended. Do you have a favorite episode or an episode that you're most proud of? The ones I've enjoyed making, I think I sort of said earlier on, are the one are the are the Jiro ones. John Mooney. I just like how you hear a different Daniel and Lionel and Richard because they get to see a little bit more of the country. So when I sit and listen to that and Daniel trying to track down some old ex-cyclist who runs a monastery now or something like that he'll do and he'll know about and they sort of try and do this and that's what I enjoy doing when you hear them in a different situation. Even by your standards, Daniel, this, this is a is bit mysterious. weird. Ready for your surprise? Well, we're, we're in the middle of a little shopping estate centre. It's it? very suburban. There's a there's a what looks like a soft play centre here. Lovely, a cafe, um, and we've pulled up, and uh, you've been keeping the weight here. To all the teams, a very important message. Due to very bad weather conditions, that comes to 112, a heavy uh, hail. We are forced to stop the stage. We are forced to stop the stage. The times will be taken at the top of the Col de Liseron. All times have been taken at the top of the Col de Liseron. We are going to stop the stage. Please let your riders know. Merci de prévenir vos coureurs. Prévenir vos coureurs. Adam Boy. One of the best ones that I put together was a special we did on stage 19 of the 2019 Tour de France, the stage that was cut short because of the freak hail storm. So when we've got quite a lot of audio and you can cut from one thing to the one person to another telling the story, you know, it's where you're doing something really different, I guess, to... Um, what you would regularly do and it definitely takes more time to do but it's so fulfilling when you do something really nicely guess, like but, that uh, they made absolutely the right decision for all of us are you aware of the situation with the classification as it stands at the moment yeah i think bernal is uh, first and uh Alaphilippe still second and uh a couple of minutes uh, a couple of seconds behind that tom wally particularly with lionel i found that i'm a really sort of um I'm a bit of a sounding board, to be honest, and someone who can just say, yep, yeah, Lionel, that is a great idea. Let's do it. This is how we do it. I'm 100% certain you're allowed to do that, but uh, that's fine, fine, fine. No problem. A favourite podcast episode, I, I think uh, it'd probably be the Lionel of Flanders, really. Um, firstly, because I had a hand in the name. That was my pun that I came up with. On the fly, I've got to add, very proud of that. And it got mentioned in one of the uh, Grand Tour Diary books, which I was really pleased about. So, uh, yeah, very, I was very proud of that. I thought Lionel um, and Simon as well just delivered it brilliantly. That's it there, Simon, that ridge in the distance. That's pretty much the only hill on the landscape, the only hill to talk of. That is the Kemmelberg Ridge. I was in a way, by sending the story and by breaking the rules of my own company, the person who broke the Festina scandal. Will Jones. My favourite episode that I produced for the Cycling Podcast was a kilometre zero a few years ago um, on the Festina affair uh, with uh, Francois Thomaso giving a real kind of insight into, you know, how that story was told. The story is him. So I did something I'm not very proud of. I knew all the big shots in the office would be gone. So I used... 
I really put a lot of time and effort into that one, um, going back over and watching old clips, kind of picking out old clips. You know, there's some great stuff with Gary Imalak on Channel 4. Yeah, you know, dramatic story and kind of really one of those kind of key stories in the, in the history of cycling. And, you know, that's, yeah, I really enjoyed producing that and I'm incredibly proud of that episode. The race start at Merignac with a Festina team official on board. The mechanics who'd been instructed to prepare the riders' bikes as usual in the morning had clearly got the word to take them out of the team truck. Hi, I'm Nick Busca. I think the Tour de France is not just a titanic sporting endeavor for cyclists. It's also a monumental challenge for journalists, broadcasters and podcasters to cover. To shine more light on the craziness of the job, I would like you, Richard and Lionel, bring us back to one of the most insane days of the tour ever. It's been a crash and it's involved bad monomer, I can tell you. We'll get They're riding into it. This is a that disaster. That is the aftermath of it. You can see the, the white jersey there delayed by that crash. It was chaos, Rich, and I've got to say, I didn't really have a handle on what was actually going on. It wasn't all that clear because, of course, the camera was cutting from one image to the other and there was chaos and confusion. We didn't have any commentary to hear, you know, a, dis- a description of what was happening. And then suddenly... Chris Froome is running up Montfort 2 without a bike. On the screen, Chris Froome in the yellow, running. And I can remember turning to you and, and just sort of saying, what is going on? What has actually happened? It wasn't clear how he, you know, basically become detached from his bike and, and didn't have a bike to ride. Where, where his bike had gone... Um... And the the sense of the surreal was enhanced by the location, the makeshift feel of where we were. It felt like a village race almost rather than the biggest race in the world. And that combined with this surreal sight to just create a sense of unreality about it all. And then De Gent won the stage and almost wasn't the story. Because well, no, it wasn't the story. It was obvious that all the journalists who were up there were after a completely different story, which was what on earth had happened. And Richard, you were there, at, must have been close to the Team Sky bus when Richie Port arrived. Actually, I was down almost by the line. I, I was waiting just beyond the line when Richie Port appeared and he wasn't riding for Team Sky, he was riding for a BMC. And he... Uh, he came across the line and I was standing there and Richie Port appeared and I just sort of instinctively turned my recorder on, which is what we're always told to do by our producers, just record as much as you can and always be ready with your finger poised on the record button. I pressed record and I caught this exchange between Richie Port and his swanier. Richie, what happened? What happened there? The motorbike just stopped right in front of us. Was that a fan as well? I don't know. What the hell happens now? Cut off. The motorbike crashed us. Ah oh, shit! No, we didn't know that. It can't. It can't be right, huh? No. So his swanier didn't know that, that Port had come off and that was Richie Port telling him what happened um, and the, the sense of, of shock and, um, 
and surprise is apparent in his voice there. Um, most of all, they were concerned about what would happen with times and so on because, uh, well, there'd just been confusion out there. This has been a trailer for our latest series of episodes for Friends of the Podcast. Actually, it's a trilogy of episodes called The Story of the Cycling Podcast, commissioned and edited by three of our subscribers, Jack McKillop, Scott Emmons and Nick Busker. Part one, edited by Jack, is called How It Started, in which Richard, Daniel and I answer his questions about the origins of the podcast and how it's developed over the past nine years. In part two, Scott meets the producers to find out how the podcast is put together. And in the final part, Nick asked us about a typical day in the life at the Grand Tours. And so Richard and I recall the dramatic stage of the 2016 Tour de France when Chris Froome had to run up Mont Ventoux without his bike. All three parts are online now. And if you'd like to listen, sign up as a friend of the podcast. Go to thecyclingpodcast.com and follow the simple steps. You can add the subscriber feed to your preferred podcast app in a few clicks. It costs £20, that's around 27 US dollars, 38 Australian dollars or 23 euros for a year subscription. And there's already a back catalogue of more than 50 episodes to listen to.